Green the New York Jets had their man. The Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. We talk about all gas, no break. The great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep. Own this rep. The New York Jets. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Putnam Valley, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I am joined, as always, by my colleague and co-host, the number one Jets fan in the state of Texas, Michael Lagaris, everybody. (laughs) All right, Keith, let's go Jets. Yeah, you know what, Mike? First of all, I had to come with the heat on your intro this week because it's week one, man. It's week one. I know Jets fans are fired up. Okay, NFL fans across the board, all 32 teams, even if your team is not projected to be amazing, you're fired up because week one has possibilities, has hopes. The whole offseason, free agency, the draft, so much going into it, so much preparation before this first game of the season. Finally see your squad out there is very exciting for everybody. Mike, I cannot wait. We were able to get... Our boys from Panthers on Tap podcast, okay, Bryson and Curtis, to help us out. They're experts on the on the Panthers. They talk about the Panthers every single week. Give us some more in-depth knowledge on the Panthers. Some of the guys we should look out for, we did the same for them. It's really nice to jump on with them, Mike, and we're going to give the fans a taste of that in a little bit, give them the highlights of that interview. Before we do that, though, Michael, uh, you're going to Vegas, or you're not going to Vegas? I am. I am a match. My flight is actually in about two hours. I can't wait. Michael's going to Vegas, everybody. He's going to be out there. Now, will you be out there also for this weekend for the first Jet game? I will be, and I'll okay. be next to one of my best friends of guests on this podcast, Mr. Bennett Richardson, who is a Panther fan. Oh, God. And he okay. is pretty much um, saying the same sentiments that our boys on, that, uh, on our podcast that we just had were saying about the Panthers. And they're all in on Sam and all in on this week. So they're expecting a W for real. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. Now we'll let we'll let everybody uh, go ahead and listen to this episode. You can hear me and Mike's predictions on there. Mike's going to be in Vegas having an absolute blast, man. I'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina, Michael, representing ABG, representing Jet Nation. I got I had to go down. I can't miss this game. I got to go check it out. Got to see Zach's first game. Uh, I'm going to hook up with actually Bryson from the, the the gentleman you're about to listen to in a moment. Maybe go to a, a tremendous tailgate. They told me the tailgate's great. All right, Mike, I'll be the judge of that when I go down there. Yeah. I'm going to vlog it out all week. We'll have an episode for you next week. Trying to add some more content, some more new fun things to the YouTube channel in general. So I have a vlog for you about my travels down there and the Panther game. And, uh, but also, I want to just point out to everybody, if you're listening to this, okay, if you're listening to this in the digital form, you know, you're not watching on YouTube right now. Um, You're listening to, uh, through Apple iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You need to go over to the YouTube and check something out because there's a hype video. Many Jet hype videos get put out. These teams put these hype. These teams put out hype videos before the season starts. A lot of the Jet fan podcasts, a lot of football team related fan podcasts like we have, like to make these get the fans hyped. And I always love them. Mike loves them. NFL fans love them. Okay, it's fun to see. It's fun to get hyped up. Maybe with a little music. Maybe with some video cuts and this and that. And I want to say, man, ABG production team here. Um, if you you know, I think sometimes people forget. Because the past 10 years, Mike, it's been a dark, it's been a dark period. It's been a That's dark been. era here, okay? We haven't been in the playoffs in a, in a long time since 2010. So say you're a 20-year-old, half your life, you've just seen the Jets stink. And the other half of your life, when you're a little kid, maybe you don't remember that well. 
And you know, remember that, you know, going back, there's this, there are eras here as we go through time where we weren't the worst. You know, we weren't a laughing stock or anything like that. You know, you had the name it there. You had Richard Todd wasn't that bad. Joe Walton and Ken O'Brien, the sack exchange had a little run. You know, we had Parcells, we had Hearn, we, we made the playoffs, you know, um, and then into Rex. And so we had these little, these times, these moments in time, right? As small as they were, as fleeting as they were, I think they were captured in this video all the way into the culmination of this 2021 season, which you and I think mm -hmm. is going to be the turnaround of this franchise. Mike, I want to give you some kudos and some credit for this tremendous video. I really appreciate the work you did on this thing. And this is, we're fans and this is how we feel about our team. And we are hyped just like the rest of Jet Nation. And we hope you guys enjoy it. We, we are the Jets. The Jets live because of us, because we love them. And it's like family. I heard uh, Greenberg. I'm not really the happiest with him as a Jet fan because of some of the things he said on his on his shows. Like, why would Trevor Lawrence ever want to come here? Why are you doing that? But anyway, do I, that. Digress, yeah. I digress. But he said, they, he was like, look, there's sometimes I don't like the Jets, but I always love them. And I agree with that statement. They're like family. How could, how could you not, right? And so we made a little video for you guys. We hope you enjoy it. And let's go Jets, man. Enjoy this right now. Look, if we take a massive L on Sunday, we're not going to be as happy as we are right now. So it's the start of every season is like, enjoy it. Just take exactly. what it is. We, we don't know how long we're going to have this. If we come out with a W, ooh. Ooh. look, stop. Let's not. Let's chill. Let's just, let's just, let's just chill. So. Hey. All right, everybody. So why don't you go ahead and give it a listen. Me, Michael, Curtis, Bryson, breaking down Jets Panthers. Here you go, everyone. Jets coming into town. And when you got Jets, you got to bring in fans that know more about them. So we got the guys here from Ain't Easy Being Green Jets Radio Podcast, Michael Lagaris and Keith Farrell joining us. Gentlemen, how you doing this evening? Very good. Happy to be here, man. Absolutely. Doing well. How about yourself? I'm ready to roll. I'm excited. We, me and Bryson have been waiting for this damn regular season for too damn long. This offseason's been too long for us. Let me just ask you guys, if you don't mind, when you traded for Sam Darnold, I'd love to hear what real Carolina Panthers' reaction was. Not You didn't give up too much. Not like you gave up too much to get him, right? But just that he's going to be your quarterback this year. I thought maybe you guys would go in a different direction. What did you guys think about that? Yeah, uh -oh. I'll, go, I'll, I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go first, Curtis, because I was a little bit more excited than he was. Um, so, as Panthers fans, we had Teddy Bridgewater last year, and Teddy Bridgewater was complete dog shit. So, I was excited to not. I was excited to see anybody but Teddy Bridgewater be our quarterback next season. Um, whether that be our backup that used to be Will Greer or PJ Walker, um, you know, I, I was excited for them to, to bring in a different quarterback. I think. You know, Sam Darnold hasn't had a great career in the NFL up to this point. Uh, but I think he's definitely got some tangibles that you like to see in, in quarterbacks. And, you know, maybe his career isn't over. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that's that's to be seen. And uh, I think that this roster that is constructed as it is now for the Carolina Panthers is the most offensive weapons he's ever had in his career with DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, Terrace Marshall Jr. Um and, you know, I, I think this is a year that we'll see if, you know, if, if Darnold has it or not, if, if he's going to be a career backup or if he's going to, or if he has, you know, starter mentality. So 
Not a lot of excuses out there for him this year, considering no. the squad you guys have on paper on offense. Mike and I have talked about it too. I think Sam, there's no way he's going to be as bad as he was on the Jets, just considering Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and him. They already have a report. Him and Robbie Anderson, his rookie year, actually connected a lot. So, I mean, yeah. they already have uh, chemistry together. You guys have a lot of weapons on offense. So, yeah. just that by default, you think Sam has to improve. The only thing that concerns me, I guess, and you guys know better than me, is the offensive line. Yeah. Here, here with the Jets. Um, and Mike knows all these metrics, man. He used to throw them out at us on the show when it came to – no quarterback's great when they're blitzed, right? We all know that. But Sam, when he was under pressure, was remarkably bad. And he was under pressure a lot with the Jets, hence he wasn't that great a quarterback. So you can't blame it all on him. We had the worst offensive line imaginable. Um, and I looked at the rankings on PFF today, and I think the Panthers were 30th out of 32. Actually, lower than the Jets, which was surprising to me. Um, what about the offensive line? What do you think about that this year with your boy? Yeah, we, we, we were talking about that before you guys came on. Uh, we are extremely nervous about the offensive line. We have one good offensive lineman, in my opinion, in Taylor Moten, our right tackle. So, yeah. Uh, and, and then and we got your boy, Pat Elfline, who has yep. been – he's been Yikes. dog shit. He's been dog <laughs> shit in the preseason. He, I was – he stood out – he's he's a starter for the Panthers now. Am I correct? Yes. When I did my research for the show yes. and I read that – I was like, maybe I thought there was maybe an injury in front of him, so he slid into the starter spot. And then I was like, wait, three-year contract? Yeah, is that a typo? <laughs> that was one of their first offensive linemen they signed in in free agency. They went and got Cameron Irving, the left tackle from the Cowboys, who, yep. who you know has been on and off in his career, and Pat Elfine. So I don't know, but that should have been a precursor that they were going to go out and get Sam Darnold. But yeah. you guys got to be laughing at us. I'll, I'll, let, let's go back <laughs> to the first question. I hated the move. I'd be lying to say I didn't. I I was not a fan of the move when they went and got Sam Darnold. I thought they could have given Teddy Bridgewater another shot, um, and we'll see who pans out better this year um, with him on within with him in Denver. But yeah, I I take this quote, and it I think it's this is kind of how I looked at it. If it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, swims like a duck, it's probably a duck. And Sam Darnold has struggled at quarterback even into his college years. And I just, I don't know if the Panthers are a team to fix him. I hope so. I've, I've definitely become less harsh about it over the last few months. And I'm trying to be optimistic about it. Um, kind of like I was, or not, well, I really actually wasn't last, or with Teddy Bridgewater. But yeah, so I'm going into it. Let's see what he can do. I think like Bryson mentioned, they put, they got a, a lot of weapons around him. Give him a shot, see what he can do. I mean, I'm not going to be too hard on him yet. I think it's too early. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. He better beat the New York Jets this Sunday or we got some problems. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it there. This is the thing about Sam, okay? And Keith knows this. Jet fans know this. <clears throat> Sam, uh, coming out of high school, uh did really really well obviously he got a full ride to go to usc in usc he flashed there were some moments where he it was greatness you know that rose bowl uh the five touchdown performance right um but there were struggles there was interceptions the bad mechanics so on and so forth but you can see the brilliance right and then when you learn about what Sam was, you know, Sam playing, he was playing more defense, defense was playing on the defense in the beginning when he started playing football. And then he was a basketball player. He's an athlete. Okay. Um, when he got to play at the NFL level, he had only been playing quarterback for a few years, not that long. He really wasn't someone who was like being groomed, like a guy like Ark Manning since he was 
two. The kid's what? He's a sophomore in high school. He's going to get into Canton in another three years. The, the entire life he's already been, you know what I'm saying? Sam wasn't one of those. Okay, so you have to understand that part as well. Now, when Sam got to the NFL, he what did he do? He flashed first game against Detroit Lions, Monday Night Football, me and Keith watching, right? Throwing touchdowns to Robbie. First first was a pick six. Well, not the first we're pass. Like, first oh, pass of his career was a pick, pick six. First pass, pick six, right? And we're like, oh. But then the next, the rest of the game was lights out. Next yeah. week, he played against Miami Dolphins, bunch of interceptions, right? Sam is, he, he. every time you think he's a scrub, he then does a play where you're like, and I'm no. not talking a normal play. I'm talking about like a wow play where you're like, yo, maybe, maybe there's something here because he has that in him. Mm -hmm. If... What I'm trying to say to you is the consistency hasn't been there since all the way in college at an elite level. The consistency hasn't been there. He needs someone to just show him the basics and keep him structured within an offense so that he can consistently execute. But I am going to tell you that if whoever harnesses Sam Darnold, you have a special quarterback if you if you can get him to play without turning the ball over and making good decisions because he can do things that no other quarterbacks can do. Keith can tell you he can pull stuff out of his ass. Like I'm telling you, like you're like, wait, what? Like it's just the craziest stuff. He's one. He's like a Brett Favre-ish type guy, right? But sneaky, we'll see. It. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I. That's all I'm saying. Don't. If he loses to the Jets, I wouldn't just throw away the best. There's talent there. You just need the right coach. And I don't know if Joe Brady and Matt Rule are the best uh, people to do that. But Yeah, and, and, and that's a great aspect there. I haven't really taken that look at it. But um, one thing that we've talked about before um, on our podcast is that last year, the Carolina Panthers lost eight games by a single possession. So all we need is Ooh, man. Sam Darnold to be slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater was. And I don't think that's asking a whole lot of him. Um, I think if he, you know, Teddy Bridgewater loved to check the ball down. Teddy Bridgewater loved to take the easy stuff. And then he was supposed to be a quarterback that managed the game. And he could not do that last year. He, he turned the ball over more than you would, you know, hope from a game manager. And um, if Sam Darnold is slightly better than Teddy Bridgewater, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be happy with the trade. Um, I think that they win a couple more of those, those, you know, those eight losses and they're in the playoff picture. So I think, and this is, look, just being honest with you guys. Um, I think the decision to where what you guys did was a terrible decision. I would have went with Justin Fields. I mean, that's a no brainer. I don't know how in the world you guys didn't do that, but okay. You know what? We'll see. Um, because, uh, like, if the Jets decided to have drafted Justin Fields, like Keith knows, we wanted Zach Wilson, but I would we would have been fine with Justin Fields. Yep. Um, and I think he's going to be um, tremendous in the league. Um, so, <clears throat> so I don't know. Well, that decision is kind of weird to me. But other than that, going back to the original question, I definitely wanted Matt Rule. And uh, I would say so far, I would think that you guys are pretty happy with him. Again, I don't know the quarterback decision, if that was him or that was the GM. I just think that that decision is going to haunt this management for a long time, potentially, unless Sam is able to be what we all thought he would be. Although J.C. Horn is my favorite cornerback in the entire Oh, Horn is a phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. 
No that said, Mike, let, let's, throw, let's be nice now. <laughs> say the guy they took was the guy he, they took was your favorite cornerback in the whole draft. He was my favorite cornerback. Oh, you guys got the best cornerback in the draft. He's a beast. Hands Bums. down. Hands down. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just saying, like, uh, just, wow. I don't know. Mike's so, trying not to be mean about Sam. <laughs> you know, and the, it's not even just thing, Sam. It's like you, they, they gave up field. They could have had fields. Yeah. They could have had them. No, I know. I know. Maybe they got crazy. Faith. They might have faith in Sam, Mike. And you know what it is with Sam, too, guys? Not to go back in time, just real quick. The gaze factor just looms over him, right? Because mm. it seems like he poisons everything he's been around one way or the other. Somehow, some way, players leave him. I don't know if it's his fault, not his fault. And they improve. And you don't know with Sam, it's almost like, was he as bad? Like like Curtis was saying, is he as bad as what I watched? Or is it, I mean, Adam Gase is just completely inept by every measurement you can possibly think of, right? And Sam, um, you just digressed on him. He, he got so much worse, it seemed, over two years, as opposed to going the opposite direction. You have to factor that in too, Mike. And we, me and Mike tend to think it's a little bit of both. Sam maybe wasn't as good as we thought, and then also got coached by Adam Gase. Mike, M Merrill's not Adam Gase. Even though they didn't right. say Justin Fields, I have to think he's in a better position coaching-wise, personnel-wise, the people surrounding him now in Carolina, than what he had here. You know, I, I mean, I, I have to think that. These guys would know better than me, but I mean, you can't do worse than we did. We were the worst offense in the league last year. With the worst coaching yeah. you could possibly imagine for Sam. So let's move on from Sam Darnold because it's, it's up and down. It's You're going to give me a heart attack probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's get into some questions about the Jets. So sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, um, I kind of, I've done a little research on the Jets here. Um, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on who do you guys think is the most underrated unit on the New York Jets football team? Like that, that being like the defensive line, linebacker court, secondary, you know, offensive line, wide receiver group, whatever. Um, what's a group that we should look out for that, you know, nobody's really highlighting right now? You want to take that, Mike? Sure. Um, I would say that the running backs are not, looked at as elite um and i would tell you that the offense has been built for the run and on sunday they're gonna run it down your throat they're gonna try they're not gonna throw the ball they're not gonna throw the ball the way you think they're gonna run all day and it's gonna be tevin coleman and ty johnson i picked up ty johnson in every single fantasy league i was in Dude was going undrafted. People don't, people don't even know that he's our starting running back. Yeah, we said Tevin Coleman is. It's Ty Johnson, and every Jet fan who knows yeah. knows what's what's the deal is. I'm currently at an imagine. Michael Carter. Everyone thinks it's Michael. Go on every ESPN. You <laughs> yeah, Michael not Michael Carter, Carter. Michael Carter. No, it's not Michael Carter. It's Ty Johnson, and and everyone's gonna find out real quick on Sunday what the Jets are about. And they've drafted to run the ball. The receivers are really good run blockers. The tight end. Our, our good run blockers. So next week, you know, yeah, Zach Wilson, the flare, all the throws, that's not what's going to beat you. If the Jets beat you offensively, it's going to be they're going to pound it down your throat. Yeah, I think the most, uh, the player, I mean, I would, Mike, I'd have to echo that. If there was a player going past the unit, a player people probably don't talk too much about on the Jets that at the end of this year, people are going to go, wow, that guy's pretty good. It probably is Ty Johnson. His, I mean, when he was on the Lions, he didn't get a lot of the ball a lot. And when he did, he, he, he produced. Last year with the Jets, the game versus the Raiders, the game versus the Rams, Mike, when they actually featured him, he was, it's why Gase is so maddening of a coach because Ty Johnson would get in there for a small sample size, tear it up. And he'd go right back to Frank Gore for the next 15 carries. And Frank Gore, God bless him. God bless you, Frank Gore. I hope you're landing on a team and you continue your career. But if you're averaging three yards a carry, 
and you're, what is it, 45 years old, Frank Gore? And Ty Johnson is a guy, young legs, he's, he's youthful. Mike, you know, there's lower body strength. The guy can grind out yards. Seemed like a no-brainer. I think that's a tremendous pick, Mike. And also, I know a lot of people know about Quinn and Williams on the Jets' defensive line, and we lost Carl Lawson, a big loss to the Jets. The Jets did add Shaq Lawson here. Got a guy named Bryce Huff, you gotta watch out for off the edge there. Um, we got a guy named Fatu Kassi, one of the best um, run stoppers in the league on PFF. Only really comes in there on run run plays. Mike, the defensive line, I think, is another, another unit on our team. Probably the strength of the defense. Because guys, if you look at our cornerback situation, I don't know if you guys had any reason for this. Young. Yeah. They're young. Oh <laughs> we found out this week, a buddy of our, our buddy we do a podcast with told us it's the youngest starting cornerback group in the history of the NFL. So I had to go Carolina look that up. was probably second last year. They were young <laughs> long last year too, though. Yeah, and this year, um, it's Hall, Carter, Eccles, Gidry, Dunn, and Pinnock, the 23 years old average for those six corners, the guys that Man. Sam's going to be going against. And combined, those six guys have 14 NFL games they played. So Hall started eight games last year. He's the biggest vet on the team. He's a second-year player. And then Javelin Gidry, who's a friend of our show, Javelin Gidry, we're a big fan of him. He played six games last year. The other guys all starting this weekend <laughs> have never started a game in the NFL. And only even worse than that, guys, which more scary is that Hall was a fifth-round draft pick. Carter was a fifth-round draft pick. Michael Carter, the second. Um, we don't have a guy drafted above the fifth round. It's fifth round, lower, and then undrafted guys, our whole secondary. So on the flip yeah. side... An area you guys probably already know that the, the Panthers are going to be targeting uh, and they should be targeting all day long is the All secondary. day. All yeah. day. That's what we might be in a rough spot. But I think our defensive line and what, what we're worried about, I guess, losing Lawson here is running this 4-3 scheme. Going to be running cover three. You're supposed to generate a lot of, supposed to generate a pass trust just with the four guys up front or maybe five guys, not blitz a lot. Losing Lawson puts a, I'm interested to see how this works out because if we can't generate any pass rush at all, even if your offensive line isn't that good, if we're only rushing four guys and you're keeping a running back back, Sam might have time to pick us apart, especially with the wide receivers you have. That's a big time concern this weekend for me. Your thoughts about our young Zach Wilson? Um, I think the strength of the Panthers is their defense. Um, going against a rookie, there's always unknowns. So that's going to come up. But I, I'm actually fairly confident in the defense for the Carolina Panthers from the front seven to the the secondary. You know, they added J.C. Horn. I think Dante Jackson's really coming in, uh, into his own as a leader. I mean, this guy two years ago was making jokes on uh, All or Nothing on, you know, the Amazon show. And it just, it just didn't seem like he was really taking football seriously. And I feel like he's come into his own and contract year for him. So I really think... Carolina is going to take it to Zach Wilson. I really do. I think, you know, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick coming off the edge. You got the guys in the middle with Brown and um, Fox and some of those other guys. And even some of their rookies, they're they're just so – they're loaded depth-wise on the D-line. It's, it's disgusting. It really is. Their D-line last year was thin, and this year a complete transformation in, mm. from the offseason. So – I think Zach Wilson, he's going to have a few, I think he's going to have a few plays where, you know, he'll make some something happen out of nothing. But I, I honestly am pretty confident that the defense is going to hold their own. Yeah, and, and I, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like Curtis was saying, I think that the defense is the strength of the Carolina Panthers and um, <clears throat> they're definitely not going to be of any concern um, to me throughout the season. That's definitely more of the offense, but 
I, you know, I, I think I think we're coming in. Uh, me and Curtis have talked through our other episodes. I, we think Carolina has a top ten defense this year um, with Brian Burns and Asan Reddick coming off the edge. Uh, Brian Burns is one of the best ends in the league, in my opinion. And, mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, he, he, absolutely. Uh, you know, he, he led the league in pressures last year, but he just has to get home on some of those. And, um, you know, he could, he's a guy that could have 16 sacks this year, I think. So uh, he's he's going to be, a you know, a huge threat for Zach Wilson. And then pressure up the middle. Derek Brown is no joke. He's a, he's a stud that we have coming up the D-tackle middle. D-tackle beast. Yeah. And, and then our mm-hmm. linebackers are – our linebackers are probably the thinnest position group on the defense, but they also have some talent. And then if you factor in, if Jeremy Chin plays linebacker like he did last year – a little bit um, that kind of improves the group a little bit, but um, secondary, like like Curtis said, J.C. Horn and Dante Jackson. Um, I think you know Horn's gonna Horn's gonna have some rookie mistakes, but I think for the most part Horn's gonna play well. Um, he is very grabby, um, so he'll probably get some penalties on Sunday um, for pass interference. But but one I, thing, but going back to the Horn thing, he had he just mentioned the other day. I think he had an interview on Monday that with the refs coming into training camp he said that really helped him get a handle on what he can can and cannot get away with in the nfl when it comes to grabbing so watch out for that because i feel like he's from what he's saying it feels like he's learned a lot because he was grabby in college i mean that's just yeah. that was his game i mean he was a is very he, physical corner um, is he on the one or the two he's a two he, he's a two he's playing the he's a two okay yeah so he's he'll, a two. yeah so he'll be He'll be on uh, Keith. He'll be probably shadowing Cole or uh, Elijah or Crowder. I'm not going to lie, though. I You guys mentioned it, and it kind of sent the alarms off because I wasn't – I didn't think it would be – this Jets would be this run-heavy team. That does kind of concern me. Um, I know last year the Panthers struggled with stopping the run. Again, they have their whole defense is kind of revamped, but that is one thing, even early in preseason – some of these backs, Ravens and Steelers, they get these chunk yards running the ball. So that might catch them off guard. And you might see that the first, second quarter, the Jets might be ripping off some of these runs. And then by halftime, I think Phil Snow will figure it out. But yeah, that's one thing. And you can can say what you want about Mekhi Becton. You can call him fat, whatever you want. He is the size of Jupiter. And (laughs) he, the one thing he does do better than almost everyone else is he is an elite run blocker he is elite he moves mountains he just moves and people will move i don't know i don't know and then now you got elijah vera tucker so that that's the one thing i'm gonna and and keith i think would echo what i'm saying we are going to run the ball all day or we're going to try to excuse when they in the preseason if if the preseason is any indication of what salah wants this team to do considering talent wise most weeks as of right now we don't match up maybe 25th 26th 27th ranked team talent wise so they got to figure out ways to win the game what's the best way to win the game when you're maybe not as talented as other teams run the ball and play defense we've known that for since football was kicked off the very first game ever and the preseason games when the ones were in Zach Wilson only threw 20 passes and he played, I think he played four or five quarters. He didn't, he didn't throw the ball that much. So I know everyone was going crazy. He was 15 for 20. His stats look great for Wilson, but they put him in. This is what the Jets didn't do with Sam Darnold, it seemed. Um, they never put him in a position, not just with the talent around him, even with the play calling. They never put him in a position where it's just second and six. You know, Gase tries to do something funky, a wide receiver screen on first down. Now it's second and 13. You know, now you know they're blitzing and Sam's in a bad spot. Seemed like in the preseason with us here, we ran the ball way more than I anticipated. 
And then teams obviously were like, all right, they're going to run the ball. And then Wilson was sitting play action left and right. You saw a lot of him rolling out out of the pocket, which they do on a lot with rookie quarterbacks to make it easy, shorten that field up. You guys about the defense, uh, just a player to watch out for who's one of my favorite players on the defense that nobody really talks about. But um, me and Curtis highlighted him last week, I believe it was, is uh, the guy, uh, he plays Mike, Mike Linebacker for the Panthers. He's starting this year um, for the first time in his career. Um, Jermaine Carter Jr., he number 56 um he, he's gonna pop off the screen um you guys are gonna see him make a lot of plays uh okay. he, he he got a man traded this offseason so we signed denzel perryman the linebacker from the chargers and he was supposed to be our starting mike and uh this great run defender and then jermaine carter showed out at camp and they traded denzel perryman to the raiders so wow um, okay yeah so interesting jermaine carter number 56 watch out for him he plays with tenacity he hits hard he talks a lot of shit. He's probably going to get into some scuffles, but he, I, I just, I love him. You know, he might be the best linebacker on the Carolina Panthers and we have Shaq Thompson um, and then, you know, Chen that plays linebacker sometimes, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm really excited for him. I think, you know, if you guys do run the ball a lot, you will be seeing him make a lot of plays um, in, in the run game. Excellent. Michael, mental note that. I will. You that? <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to be Mental note that because we got to, we got to reach out to Salah and make sure he knows. All right. <laughs> Guys, let's talk about the trade you guys did this offseason because I think you probably were probably baffled as as much as everyone else. But the tight end, t- talk to me about that. What the hell? What the hell happened there? Oh, you're talking oh, about Chris Herndon? Yeah. Oh boy. Is that what we're talking you're about here? Keith, you're gonna get Keith oh, boy. fired up. Okay, so <laughs> oh, man. So look, look, uh, Chris Herndon. A lot of us were fans. I was a fan. His rookie season was promising, just like Sam, and just you know, we haven't seen anything since. We'll say this, what the value that JD got for trading him, we thought was just unreal. Um, I didn't think that we would be able to trade uh, him for almost exactly what we got him for in the draft, a fourth round pick. We just had to give up a sixth. Um, He unfortunately just never grew and he got into some legal issues and then he just had issues with his hands and you know we were watching last year and keith and i would watch and he would get a pass thrown to him right in and you just drop it and he was fumbling and it just wasn't going to work and then I, they gave him a clean slate this season he was the starting tight end going into uh otas and he didn't make it and so we the vikings think they got themselves a tight end good luck yeah, I don't right. know about a lot. I, I have more. What, was Herndon, was Herndon Wilson's safety blanket, though? I don't, no. I don't know this. I'm asking. Like, no, did, no. Was Herndon, he, okay. he was uh, beat reporters that were there every day. Rich Samini, Costello from the New York Post. Mike, tell me if I'm wrong. Basically, he said he was the, one of the worst players in training camp. Um, and the, considering the position he's in context-wise, that they had Tyler Croft, who's, you know, your average NFL tight end. Tyler Croft's nothing special, right, guys? He played for the Bills when he was when he was healthy. He was decent. 6'5", 260, like every other tight end you've ever seen in your life, right? And then Ryan Griffin was always hurt. You know, he had him. And that was, and then Kenny Yaboa was an undrafted free agent that we grabbed. And I liked Kenny Yaboa a lot in college, but he didn't really do too much. Um, So they basically set it up as a quote-unquote competition for him to win, I think, almost to give him confidence in himself, you know? And he just was dropping everything. And like Mike said, leading to last year with Herndon, it wasn't so much that he did stink. He stunk the whole year. And the year before that was an embarrassment as well. But it was when he dropped the balls. You guys know how this is. A guy's going to have drops. A year could end. 
And you might be like, oh man, I'm not saying this happened, guys, but you might be like, oh, DJ Moore dropped seven balls. But maybe they were all in the first quarter on the first drive, you don't care. When it's third and seven in the fourth quarter, you remember that drop. So that's the guy, that's the guy Herndon became to Jet fans. You know, you almost booed, right when you saw his number, you wanted to boo him. And his rookie year was decent, but one of these one of these NFL stories that you guys, we've seen it a million times, rookie year is decent, almost gets like too big for his bridge, fourth round pick, so let's not get too nuts anyway. But then his second year gets a D-Wee before the season starts. Does Comes back out of shape after the D-Wee, hurts his hamstring. Then comes back into the year, hurts himself again, only plays one game his second year. And then last year was a complete waste of space. So I have no idea how they got, they drafted him in the fourth, they got a fourth back and a sixth round pick. Joe Douglas is just working. I don't know what he's doing. It, it's, it makes no sense. The value he got for Herndon, a player that, I don't know, Mikey wasn't probably even going to make the team, possibly, you know? Um, that's, I guess, to me, the part that's the most mind-boggling. But the Vikings were in such a tough spot. They needed anybody that could play tight end. And Joe Douglas definitely took advantage of them. And, and the reason why I think you guys, the Carolina Panthers, traded for Sam and everyone said, wow, was because Matt Rule was about to become a head coach for the New York Jets, as we just talked about. And he did his homework on Sam. Matt Rule likes Sam. That's why you guys got him, because he knows him. He's done the homework on him. He liked him. And, I, and that was the other thing I didn't mean to go back to Sam. Sam is a really good kid, and I do wish him well. Not next week, not this coming game, but um, overall, I do want him to succeed with you guys because he's a good dude, man. He's not a bad person. He works hard. He he he's everything you want. He's just got to execute, and uh, and that's why I think you know you saw a guy like uh, um, Matt Rule target Sam Darnold, and maybe the Vikings targeted Herndon because they knew him or know something. I don't know. It's not something that we see, though. You always see it in sports. There's teams that trade for Duke because they think they're the one that's going to fix them. And maybe that's what the Vikings think they're going to do here with Herndon. Tight end's a funky position. You see tight ends go other places and ball out, Mike. But um, but Curtis, we were very happy with that deal, to say the least. Cross the, the starter anyway. And that's actually been, if you watched um, the Jets preseason game, that's the guy that Wilson's targeting left and right. Mike, he's, he's thrown some pretty good passes to Croft. He has two touchdowns on the Croft in the preseason. So, yeah, I don't know. It just seems like, guys, let me just put you something. You know our show's called Ain't Easy Being Green because the Jets stink forever, right? And we're not used to having a GM doing things that seem so savvy that even we don't trust it. We're like, oh, maybe Hernan's good. In my head, I'm like, this seems like a great trade, but we're used to feeling like, oh, he's going to go be a Hall of Famer somewhere else or something. As Jet fans, we're like beaten down, you know? And it does seem like Joe Douglas gets the most out of all these different trades he does for the squad. Jamal Adams is the greatest example, probably the best trade in the history of our franchise. It does seem like he's a sharp guy, and it is strange for Jet fans to be riding through this with someone that seems like they know what they're doing. I'll give you another guy that you guys have not spoke about, and the national media doesn't talk about this because he's just quiet and he does his job. And I'm going to say something that, you know, you guys are going to be like, what are you talking about? Marcus May is better than Jamal Adams at safety. Marcus May is one of the best safeties in the NFL. He's Hands on down. my list. You could just he's look in at my the notes metrics. here. He's you in can my look notes at the here. <laughs> but but he is Jamal Adams is the 30th greatest NFL player in the league. And Jamal Adams has the highest paid con. Get the hell out of my face. Wow. Okay. Get out of my year. face with that. It was not good. Look at the statistics, my friend. He can't cover at can't all. Cover anything. He can he can, nope. he can he can attack the quarterback. Understood. Mm -hmm. As a as a safety, as someone who's in the secondary, Marcus May. Yes, our, our corners are weak. Sam is going to go after them. The safety's position 
is very good. Yeah, Joiner's a good Marcus safety Joyner. too. Yeah, he's good. And 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 Marcus May and Marcus May will pick you off if he if you're not careful. Okay, he can play strong and weak. So um, you know he's another guy you got to watch out for who's underrated and not considered like a great player because he's quiet and he's on the Jets. I, yeah, I like Marcus May a lot, and uh, I've you know I've watched him throughout the years, and I think he is a solid player. And, and another guy, um, not to harp on Jets players, but another guy that I like a lot on your guys' team um, that you guys signed this offseason. And you know, I think this this position group is underrated as well. Is, is Corey Davis? You know, I think Corey Davis coming over from the Titans. Uh, you know, he he was arguably one of their best receivers, and then he comes to the Jets. He's going to be your number one receiver possibly if he's better than Elijah Moore, which I think he you know he might be. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Corey Davis is just uh, he's so good and and then with Jamison Crowder I Jamison Crowder has been my savior in fantasy football in a, in a PPR standpoint for for years he's been my yeah. underrated <laughs> I started him every week um, you know he even if he only gets like 40 yards he had like 16 receptions every game so <laughs> yeah. uh, so I mean he, he was carrying my my team I've always pick him up off waivers or draft him late so um, yeah, I like your wide receiver group, and I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk. I really don't. Even though – is Crowder out for, for COVID this They're week? saying – they're what I read today, hopefully he'll be back. Uh, it's just okay. complete gray area. I guess COVID just not like normal injury designations. There is just a huge gray area. I want to get to the game prediction. I, I, I want to see what they think and what we think of, of who's going to win this game Sunday. Yeah, I just wanted to ask, just going back to tight end, just to follow up on that. Do you guys think they need to go out and get someone? I've seen Zach Ertz maybe as a trade over to them. Because the guys you mentioned, I've never heard of at tight end. I'm not. I mean, I'm just being honest. I don't. I don't know a whole hell of a lot about Tyler Croft or Ryan Griffin. First of all, Curtis, don't you ever besmirch the name of Tyler Croft. Let's let's get this. <laughs> let's just get this out in the open right now. Don't disrespect that man. Don't disrespect the preseason legend Tyler Croft. No, you don't know him, and no one, no Jet, Jet fans don't even know him. So it's all good. He's not someone anyone should know. It's why it's so surprising Herndon's no longer a Jet. I think is because Tyler Croft beat him out, you know, of all people. And I'll let Mike handle this one. Mike's been on this the whole time with the tight end situation, Mike, and you know what's been going on. Ertz, I don't know if he's just done or not. I have no idea. There's got to be a reason they're shopping him out there because tight ends are hard to come by, man. Wallers or guys like Kelsey, man, you have one of those guys on your team. It's such a game changer. This type of offense we're going to run historically in the NFL, tight ends just kill it, right? So you'd think it'd be a position we want to fill someone in. What do you think, Mike? Are they going to grab anyone or are you going to roll with Croft? I think they're going to roll with Croft for now. I think he has a good rapport with Wilson. If you look at Croft from earlier, he was on the Bengals. He was on the Bills. Uh, he had some good, see, some promising seasons. He got hurt, unfortunately, and that's how he ended up let, getting let go. Um, I think that at this point, Croft understands the offense and is able to do what is needed for a rookie quarterback. Again, he's another guy that's underrated and not really spoken about. Um, I think he's definitely much better than Chris Herndon ever was um, w this year, at least, if you want to, to put that into prism. But I think that um, they're going to stay where they are at tight end. And if they need to add another body, so be it. I don't think, you know, Ertz, he's a little older. And right now, if you look at the Jets, the Jets have the youngest roster in the league. Detroit Lions right behind them or maybe a little ahead of them. They're, they're But their average age is about 12, is less than 25 years. I mean, it's really, really, really young roster. And at this point, you're just trying to set the foundation. The goal for the Jets is let's leave. Let's make sure that the quarterback is healthy, that he's growing, that the team gels and they show that they've got some you know, some hoofspur and, and pushing forward, right? That's really what Jeff fans are. And they're trying to see a win before Halloween. Is that too much to ask? Can we see that, right? That's really all we're looking for. It, it ain't easy being green, dude.
it ain't easy. Yeah, guys, the last two years, the Jets were one and seven and 0 and eight. So we have one win in the first before Halloween for the past years. That's what Mike is alluding to. It's been a tough first few months for Jet fans. So if they win this first game, we're rolling, Mike. We're ahead of the game, big time. So, so let's get into it. We'll, we'll let you guys go first here. Um, what, what is your guys' prediction for Sunday? I'll tell you what. I do think the Jets are I – I know uh, Curtis thinks the defense is going to handle Wilson. Seems like you think this, the Panthers might spank the Jets. I think, it'll, I think the Panthers will win. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, though, because I got to see – I'm going to need to see Sam Darnold with your guys, all these weapons he has now. I'm going to need to see him ball out with those guys before I can have faith in him, just coming off the past three years I had. It's like as if you see someone who's now dating your crazy ex-girlfriend. You know she's crazy as hell, but she maybe has turned her ways around. She's a great girl for this guy she's with now. But until you see it, you got to wait it out. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think maybe 17, 14, maybe 23, 13. I do think the Panthers are going to come away with the win. I think your team is more well-rounded than the Jets right now when it comes to defense, when it comes to offense across the board. Um, and I, I think the, the corners we have, guys, we're throwing out, like we said, we're throwing out just babies out there. Undrafted rookies are going to be going up against DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, you know, Terrence Marshall Jr., who's a tremendous wide receiver. Um, and McCaffrey, I mean, we haven't talked about him too much on the show because you don't have to because you just know he's one of the best players in the league, one of the best offensive weapons in the league, bringing so much to the table. I think it's going to be difficult for the Jets to go down to this first. I think Jets will fight. I think all Robert Salah teams, units he's coached in the past, have a lot of fight in them. But I think they're going to come up short this weekend. I think the Panthers walk away with the W, guys. So, um, gentlemen, I'm 40 years old, about to be 41, and I haven't seen a lot of rookie quarterbacks for the New York Jets. Uh, the first one that I got to witness was a guy named Chad Pennington. Um, hey, I, there Marshall was University, Kenny, shout out. There, there, was, there was Kenny O'Brien, but I, I was too young for Kenny O'Brien. God bless you, Chad. When I was, so, Chad P. was the first one that I remember, and Chad Pennington, his very first game he played, he came in for an injured Benny Testaverde and he beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll never forget it. Like, oh, who's this kid? Then we drafted Mark Sanchez and he, you know, scrub. But you know what? He went in. He won his first game, man. We were like, oh, the Sanchez, right? We draft Sam Darnold. And Sam goes out there on Monday Night Football and puts on a freaking show and had us just excited. I mean, I, I don't think I have been happier as a Jet fan. Excuse me. Excuse me. Beating the Patriots in New England uh, in, 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 this, in the playoffs was the greatest football moment for me, just to show you how low things are in my life. I know you guys have been to a Super Bowl. Um, so there was that. So come now, Zach. I think the Jets are going to win his first game it's been happening my whole life and that's why i think they're gonna win and i think they're gonna win because they're underrated nobody think they're the jets right but they're not they're a different team and a lot of times people take brands and they just say you're good because of this and you're not good because of this and i just think they're better than what they were I don't think last year they were as bad as everyone saw. I think it was just terrible coaching and terrible management. And like Keith said, Ty Johnson would start going off and then they'd throw Frank Gore back in. I mean, it was just ridiculous. So um, that's why I think they'll win. And I think that the I think the Panthers are a better team. I think the Panthers are more complete. I think the Panthers have a, have a, a, a very good defense. Um, but I think that, that the Jets will, I think Salah knows they have a good game plan 
And I think that uh, that defensive line is really going to cause problems for the Carolina Panthers. And one other thing I want to throw in the mix, you know, the Panthers signed James Morgan this week, Mike, to get that intel. About oh, the yeah. New York Jets. Yeah, okay, yeah. which is that fine. Happens. That's football 101. And Jet fans are making a big deal about it. And I said to them, guys, the Panthers quarterback was just our quarterback for three years. So every piece of tape that exists on this human being, we have it. It's safe. They must have a floppy disk with the shit on there, right? So let's relax, everybody, when it comes to James Morgan. I'm All right. I, I didn't mean to come off like that. I, I don't think – I think this is going to be a really close game. I do. Um, I think Carolina – the defense, Carolina's defense is going to keep it close for Carolina to pull – to edge this one out. I do. Um, like I said before, I'll be very, very disappointed if Carolina comes away with a loss in this game. This is a revenge game, whether you want to call it it or not. This is a revenge game for Sam Darnold. This guy better have two, three touchdowns by the end of the day. Or I'm going to be pissed. Um, but yeah, I think I think Carolina, between their wide receivers, we got to forget. People forget. I don't think and any of us really talked about Christian McCaffrey tonight. That guy's coming back. He hasn't played in preseason. He's got fresh legs, has been training all offseason. We haven't gotten a look at him. He hasn't played one snap in preseason. And he's going to come out, and I think he's going to help. Sam Darnold with all the other weapons. I think you guys, your D-line is going to get to Carolina. I think Sam's going to get knocked around a few times. He's going to throw a pick or two. I think the, I mean, it's just the way he, the history shows, he's going to throw a pick or two. Um, but the defense, I think, is going to hold this one close. Carolina, uh, these last couple preseason games, has struggled in the red zone against twos. So um, that's why I think this, I think this game is going to be a nail-biter. I think Carolina wins by a field goal, maybe a touchdown late. We'll see, but I think they'll edge this one out. I'm not going to give a score, but right now the Jets, last time I checked, were a five-point underdog coming into Sunday, but I think Carolina does edge this one out. I just want to point this out. I was looking back at some of these rookie quarterbacks who have started week one, and history show history's against them. Uh, Sam Darnold was one of them to win his uh, first game as a starter, um, as a rookie. But looking back at some of these other quarterbacks, week one as a starter, um, they've struggled. Uh, Deshaun Watt, I mean, they didn't, I shouldn't say they struggled performance-wise, they didn't win the game. Cam Newton comes to mind, Jameis Winston, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, some of these other guys. But yeah, just, just history shows rookies, tend to struggle week one as a starter. Bryson, I'll hand it off to you. Yeah, so I wanted to preface mine by saying um, a lot of people say that, you know, Joe Brady or Matt Rule or um, the best coaches on the Carolina Panthers roster, uh, you know, in their office. But in my opinion, the best coach on, on this team is Phil Snow, the defensive coordinator. Um, you know, he, he makes some crazy in-game adjustments. Uh, last year, we had some of the, one of the worst secondaries in, in the league. And, and you know, he, he kind of pieced it together to not be terrible. It, it, you know, it wasn't terrible last year. And, and this year, he's got a lot of pieces. Um, I'm excited to see what he does. Uh, I think Phil Snow, like I said, is one of the best coaches on, on the team. And, and I think he's, you know, he's going to show a lot Sunday. Um, I think... The defensive line for the Jets, as we've mentioned, is, is going to get to Sam Darnold. I don't think that's really going to be a question. Our offensive line is just god-awful. 
and and the Jets are are strong there. So I, I think you know Sam Darnold does get sacked a couple of times, but I think the defense really stifles this Jets offense. Um, I really do. I think Brian Burns comes away with a couple sacks, um, and then we'll see what the Panthers offense does. You know, that, that, I think that's the big question for me. Um, what they can do, uh, I believe in Christian McCaffrey. You know, if at the worst, just hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey, see what he can do. Um, that kind of you know that's worked for us in the past. So. Uh, I, I think the Panthers come away with a win. Um, you know, I, numbers, I, you know, I, I think it is going to be close. Uh, I, I got the Panthers at 24-14 um, Jets. And, you know, I could see it being 24-17, uh, you know, a one-score game. I do not think it's going to be a blowout. I really don't. I mean, it's it's going to be a nail-biter, and I do see the Panthers come away with a win. Kurt, he could go on to be tremendous, Zach Wilson. Right? I think he, he at least looks like he has those attributes. Seems like he's a sharp kid, very accurate, right? But the first games for most QBs don't work out that well. It's the NFL. I mean, just I couldn't even imagine the nerves, you know, um, that somebody would have. That first game, it's on the road, too. Um, you're going to have, I mean, Carolina, they fill that place up. There's going to be a ton of people screaming, going nuts, uh, all types of horrible things. I know he's a Mormon. I mean, he should be ready. It's the NFL now. Okay, get ready for some things to be screamed at you. I got friends down there in the South. I know how they get down at these football games. Um, so he better be ready to rock and roll, man. Hey. I wish you guys the best of luck. And I hope, I hope young Sam, I have no, like a lot of guys that are on a team and they go somewhere else, you're kind of like, like Jamal Adams, I can care less what he does or whatever. But Sam, I am rooting for him. Not this weekend, but I am rooting for him. And a lot of Jeff fans are, we all are. We, he's a good kid. He really is a good kid. And I hope the best for him. Well, guys, Ugh. good good luck this weekend, um, and we we hope Carolina comes away with a victory. But we just want to thank you guys so much. Again, we got the crew from Ain't Easy Being Green Jets Radio Podcast. Go- okay, everybody, hope you enjoyed that. Bryson and Curtis giving a, giving us the breakdown of the Carolina Panthers. Hopefully, uh, we were able to enlighten some of those Panther fans as well. You know, you got to watch out for Ty Johnson. You know, Jet fans know. You know, you better watch out for our defensive line. Give them some respect, Michael. They did not seem to be the most concerned with the squad. And I know it's a rookie making his first start, so I get it. I get it. Coming off the last couple of years with the Jets, are the Jets a juggernaut rolling in here? It's Carolina. They're not, Michael. However, um, you you went ahead and picked that. W for the squad. I did, did it, you? I did. And you know what? I saw something today that just made me smile. I was on uh, watching the NFL Network, and you know at the bottom it says must starts for fantasy? Tell me why the sixth QB was my boy Zaxxon. No, was it really? Must start. Wow. He's a must start. I said what? Interesting. What? Okay, Considering I'm some, just... uh, they and they they do have like like uh, our boys mentioned there. They do have some good players on D. We know their defense, at least on paper, should be decent, right? Last year they were pretty good against the pass, um, the run. You can get to them a little bit middle of the pack there. But if Zach Wilson's a must start, I'm not. You don't expect that to see from a rookie quarterback. I think they're basing that a lot off, lot off the way he was slinging it in the preseason. What are they talking about must start? Like what? Zach I know you see game? you see these things, and what I think, Mike, is that you know oh, I'm not a religious man, Michael. I'm not a religious man. I know you are. I, and if Joe Douglas and Salah and Zach Wilson want to become the new Holy Trinity here, Michael, I'll go back. I'll be in the front row, Mike. I'll, I'll show back up if that's going to happen. If it just if it just formulates like this and they start winning Super Bowls, this maybe is the reason I straight. Um, and you know, this is what's going to drag me back in here because I'm about to become a religious man with the things I'm hearing about Zach Wilson. That's all. I just look, um, it just I'm, seems not to, it seems to like it's like every time you expect goodness, things don't happen. And when then you're not expecting things happen, and it's like, 
I'm just going to sit back and watch this, man. And, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. And that's it. And you know what? If they lose, so be it. If they win, well, you know, let's start the season. See, starting the season off right, you know? Oh, man. Yeah, hopefully we get this W. I mean, we broke it down there. We won't go too much further, everybody. But I realistically, when I thought the game out, I'm like, man, I think the first half, we might go behind because maybe it's going to be a little too much for Zach. I don't mean to discount his skills or anything like that, Michael. It's just rookies making their first starts historically. We know kind of how it goes. Right, he right. could be the guy that defies that. And what, is, what does the past mean to anyone in the present? You know, you 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 want to defy that. You want to say, I don't care what happened to the other, these other guys. I'm about to go out and ball, which Zach Wilson definitely has the skills to do. Uh, they just have a decent secondary and good defense. I just hope we don't get behind on the scoreboard early so he's put in a position where he has to throw a ton. Um, in his first game, hopefully we could run the ball a little bit, Mike, uh, establish the run there. If we can establish the run and Zach Wilson is just, you know, doing bootlegs, Zach Wilson's doing play action. Zach Wilson only has to pass the ball, maybe Mike, on short passing downs where you can maybe zip the ball downfield and surprise people, but you don't have to stretch it out. I think that's a good situation to be in, but it's hard to say, like new coach, new defensive scheme, you know, I mean, 4-3 still, but pretty much a new scheme, Mike, you know, new offensive scheme completely, new quarterback. All types of rookies starting on defense. All types of rookies starting all over the squad, Mike. Um, you know, one of the youngest teams in the whole NFL. I mean, or maybe we are the youngest team. So there's yeah, yeah. so much with uncertainty when it comes to projecting week one right now because we haven't seen all these parts together right. play versus other ones. I think it's one of the, the hardest time to project a squad, usually the beginning of the year. So I'm not discounting the Jets. Don't, don't Jet fans, don't be mad at me that I think we're going to take an L. It's just hard to envision what the team is right now, where I think the Panthers maybe have a more clear-cut definition, Mike, of kind of what they are. And the thing, the thing, the part that, like, gets me, like, really excited, like, where I'm like, yo, this could be something different, is Elijah Moore. We have not seen it. And he's going to be starting. And... You know, I'm sure that they've game planned for Corey Davis. I'm sure they've game planned for what they know, but they don't know Elijah, and neither do we. And I don't know what that's gonna what's gonna happen there. So, again, you know, we're 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 always hoping and looking ahead. We're gonna see what happens. Remember, the team is young. If we take the L, we take the L, right? But who knows, right? So let's enjoy it and go Jets. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Elijah Moore factor is a big time X factor here on the squadron. I mean, if, if Moore is everything that me and you think he's going to be, which may take a few seasons to get there, but say he's just tremendous right away. You look at how Corey Davis played in this preseason. Those are two formidable wide receivers teams have to worry about. And then you have Crowder and then you have Mims and then you have Cole and you have Barrio. So who knows, man, the, 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 you know, they should just reach for the stars this year because I don't think anyone's thinking about the Jets in terms of playoffs or in terms of them winning 10 games or anything like that, Mike. Yeah, I think this missing. is a year. Yeah, exactly. So this is a year where I think more people, more fans are, of course, we want to win. Of course, we want to be as good as humanly possible, win every game if it's possible. But I think I'm looking at the development of Zach Wilson. I'm looking at the development of maybe some of these young corners. We have one of the youngest teams in the league. So you think of all the picks we have next year as well. You got Lawson coming back and we'll have we'll have uh, Shaq Lawson on the team too. I mean, this team is in a good spot and it's a good time to be a Jet fan. It really is a good time to be a Jet fan. We've been through a lot. We've been through a lot the past 10 years. And even yeah. before that, and you know, the late 80s and the 90s until Parcells came in, you know, most of my childhood until Parcells came in. I mean, there's been some dark times here for Jet fans. And I do want to uh, say, man, like we said in the video, you know, we want to get you guys hyped. There's a little hyperbole in there. But at the same token, I do think 
the future is going to be bright for the squad. And I think we've turned a corner here, at least with the way we put the team together, how we look on paper, the blueprint, like we said, uh, the draft pick accumulation, the management of the salary cap, everything that you see behind the scenes, Mike, seems like we're going in the right direction. And week one, we're going to see where we're at. We're going to see where we're at. And the future is bright. This is the first time. This is the best I have felt about the team in general since I would say Rex Ryan with Sanchez uh, during that era where I said, hey, this team could actually do something pretty special. I have not felt that since now. And in my life, the only other time I felt this was when the New York Mets uh, made the World Series in 2015 um, with all those young arms. Just yep. telling how I, how I feel, like that's, yeah. the spe that's the level where I'm like, we where we may go you know what i'm yeah. saying and the and the optimism around Damn. it so remember that sports illustrated cover the year after the mets made the world series we had all the five starters on the cover oh, i was like oh my yeah. goodness it felt like it just felt like greatness was coming to us yeah we don't, we're not gonna try to torture met fans but uh, yeah oh me and mike are big time met fans yeah, just, just like the season we're 70 and 70 right now it's just the most yeah. met season ever this year uh, you could possibly yeah. imagine yeah. as mets as it gets is yeah. this season basically yeah. we're getting back to our boys man gangrene um, yeah, we hope everybody enjoys week one. Hope we get this W. Like I said, I'm gonna be down there in Charlotte checking the gamma with my beautiful wife. I'll be vlogging. We're gonna have a nice vlog for you next week. Mike's gonna be in Vegas having a blast with his wife, Bennett man and his wife. They're gonna have a blast out there. That's gonna be a lot of fun. If anyone does wanna check out this hype video that we put out, go to our YouTube. All you gotta do is search Ain't Easy Being Green uh, podcast. I mean, that hype video, from everyone I've heard, Mike, the, the feedback I've heard from people, first of all, they love the music. Because electronic 80s type music just gets you hyped. It's it's made for hype videos. Uh, the way it's cut together, the way it has, you know, kind of goes through time there chronologically, uh, I think it's really, really good. I think a lot of Jack fans will like it. Go ahead, before the game on Sunday, right at 12.57, 12.56, I should say, hit play on that. Yeah. Hit play on that. <laughs> Crank it. Put it on I your am. television if you got a smart TV. Crank it up. I okay, am. get hyped, okay? Because we're turning the corner here, Jet fans. So go check that out. Subscribe to our YouTube if you can. If you, we would appreciate it big time, Mike. If anyone does want to get at us in any way, shape, or form, besides that, how can they do that? Uh, now, on Facebook, you can reach us at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, you can reach us at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast. And on Instagram, at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. My name is Keith Farrell. Good you next week, everybody. Peace out.